0: Today and welcome to episode sixteen of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast about healthy and stylish homes that don't cost the earth. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler Welsh, and today I'm going to talk about something that we we pretty much all do, and we probably shouldn't, and that is throwing perfectly good material and resources down the drain or into the bin. <laughs> Before I get into to today's topic, I just want to mention a, a couple of things. The first up, um, here in Auckland, in a few weeks' time, starting on the 5th of September, we it's going to be the Auckland Home Show, and uh, Auckland Home Show is a pretty big event, um, and for the, anyone who's around the Auckland region, highly recommend coming along. Home Star is going to have a stand there, um, and obviously loads and loads of other product suppliers and service providers. So it's a great place to check out um, anything to do with um, with homes and building and renovating all in one place. So definitely come along and say good day to us at, uh, at the Auckland Home Show. Got out on the last weekend and uh, just had a look around, and I. And I know there are lots of statistics around uh, at the moment about housing and and the the housing shortage, uh, particularly in Auckland, but also in Christchurch. And and I'm always conscious of uh, new houses being built. And there are certain areas in in Auckland where there are loads and loads of new houses being built at the moment. I can't help wondering if the, the designers or the builders or the owners of those houses have checked the performance of those other buildings and and to see if there's anything in there that can be done or or if they're just being built to the building code i suspect that in most cases uh they're being built just to the building code but if you're at or any way involved in building a new house or renovating an existing house then i really really strongly urge you to Uh, find someone who can give you some advice and is willing to go beyond just doing what's required uh, for for the building code particularly in in terms of thermal performance because it's so easy at that at that time to design in some extra features like uh, more insulation or some exposed concrete or, or nice tiles that are facing north that will get some nice sunlight on them just simple things like that which are very hard to retrofit later on but will make a huge difference to the overall performance and as I drive past houses uh, in new subdivisions I I often see things that uh, it's kind of a shame to know that these houses are getting built and they're going to be there for 50 maybe even 100 years and uh, having things built into them that uh, are going to be redundant almost straight away. And, and on that point, I, I was listening to uh, another podcast from um, the Green Architects Lounge, actually, which I, I can put a link to. Great, uh, great entertaining podcast for those that are into green architecture. And they had an interesting point. They said that um, in a lot of states in America, and, and, and which is where they're based, people are now thinking about building, making sure roofs are facing the right direction. And this really makes a lot of sense because we need to be conscious of the fact that it's only going to be a couple of years time when solar uh, pv photovoltaics is going to be everywhere and it's going to be uh, a no-brainer economically to put solar electricity electricity generation on your roof now if you've only got a a roof line that uh, half the the slope is facing west and the other half is facing east then you've really cut out your options there of how much you, you can generate. So, again, if you're in a, in that situation of designing a house and laying out the the uh, general layout of the house and, and how it's going to sit on the section, even if you're looking at sections to buy, then that's a really important thing to, to consider. It might, and it may seem crazy and out there and, and in the future right now, but uh, only two or three years' time down the track um, is my prediction. And um for the next forty eight years or, or however long that house is around, uh it may have some serious redundancy built in if we haven't considered the orientation of the roof. And uh just one other thing I wanted to mention on a on a personal note, the something I noticed the other day was um I I got a cold um and I was a bit disappointed by that because up until then, up until last week, i had gone through this whole winter without having a cold and the other thing i noticed was that the the kids have been pretty fit and healthy as well and i've put this down to installing the the panel heaters in the uh, their rooms and, and our room and uh, which i did after we insulated the, the house um with the ceiling insulation and the underfloor heating and that's a big contrast to last winter when I remember we had a few colds and days off work and lots of um, sniffles and um, just general sickness with the, with the family, which I think is pretty common for people in wintertime in New Zealand. So I think it does make a difference. Like I said, it's not a, not a scientific study, but uh, certainly I have noticed um, myself, anyway, feeling much more um, healthy this year after insulating the the house that we're in now and and also having heating um, in the bedrooms during during the night. More on that sort of stuff later on. Let's get on with today's topic, which is something that is not is, it doesn't seem like a, a really big issue, but I, I think it is. Uh, and it's something that we do we do all the time. Everyone does it uh, without really thinking about it, and the the consequences are potentially uh, pretty big for us. So it's about composting, and the thing that we do or um, every day is chuck away uh, resources into the bin. We we put food scraps and uh, other Things that can break down quite readily, and we add them to our waste stream. And it's about forty to fifty percent of our waste and stuff that goes to landfill is often organic material, and it usually gets called organic waste. But I don't really like to think of it as waste because it is a a resource, and it's full of nutrients. And the thing with nutrients like that is that they are useful in the right place, and very. Harmful in the wrong place, and we see this all over um in things like nutrient rich uh, waterways where you get algal blooms and r- nutrient nutrients in a in a waste stream create nasty things like uh, leachate, which is basically the toxic uh fluid that that drains out of the bottom of a, a landfill um the other problem with uh putting those nutrients in the landfill means that uh, a, a, what, one of the problems is that we we lose those nutrients, so that we're basically taking good organic material out of the, the cycle, and we're also putting those by putting those, place, those nutrients into a place where it's not beneficial. We're creating other problems like. Uh, increasing CO2 emissions from those landfill sites, and also even worse greenhouse g- greenhouse gases like methane, which is a product of anaerobic digestion. And that's when you put organic stuff into something that doesn't have any holes in it or can't breathe, can't get any oxygen in, and it goes into anaerobic decomposition, which is essentially rotting, uh, and that produces methane. Now, that that can be a really useful process if it's, if it's in a controlled environment um, if it's done in a controlled manner, and you actually collect the methane, you can use it, and this is really that's a really useful um, and potentially quite viable way of re- getting some energy out of waste. And there are there are some fancy systems that will actually do that, which are particularly useful in developing countries. Um, but there's no reason why they couldn't be utilised in uh, in certain situations elsewhere as well. Um, But look, there's loads of other ways, other reasons why putting nutrients and and, and food scraps into the waste stream is is just totally illogical and doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Aside from the the sheer bulk of waste that we produce, uh, and and a half of that weight is, is usually organic material in a typical residential curbside collection. Just think of all the fuel... And space that that requires for us lugging all that uh, material around the place. And we're also missing out on a big opportunity to do things like educate our kids. the The process of composting and putting those nutrients back into the garden, then growing food again, and and, and actually seeing that cycle in action is a, is a great thing for the kids to get stuck into and really um, get 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 dirty it's it's good old clean dirt uh be part of it feel it uh get stuck into it my my boys love it they, they get get out there and chuck chuck the uh, the compost in and see the worms wiggling around um so you miss out on all that if you, if you're just putting that all in the bin and 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 letting a truck take it away and the other great thing about having a compost is um leaving something good behind and improving your patch that you that you happen to be on and i often hear that as one of the arguments for not composting is people saying well i don't know how long i'm going to be here or um we're only renting and we we're, we're going to move on soon so what you know that this is one one way you can actually improve where you are by um giving giving a gift giving a gift of compost and why why not create um, something that is, is potentially is useful for people who come to that house after you. So, why why are the reasons? I mean, there are clearly some reasons why people don't compost and why why we don't collect our or make use of our our food scraps. I think one of the biggest concerns that people have is the smell. Another one that I know uh, people are concerned about are rodents and um the third reason i think is is probably one of the key ones is it's just not being set up and it's um in most cases most households it's a much easier option is to just chuck food scraps in the bin because that's the process that's that's been designed for and that's what we're used to so let's uh start with that one what we do in our place, what, what I've always done, but worked really well, is just making the composting option be the easiest option and be the normal option. And we, we do that in a few ways. One is by having containers that are open and uh, easily available. And The most easy option in our kitchen is to put something in the compost because the, the ice cream container's there on the on the bench and the the food scraps just go straight in the bin the bit be, the best system i've used uh, i've seen sorry is where you actually have a hole in the in the bench top and you just slide things straight into a uh a, a collector uh, collection uh bin which sits underneath the the bench top <coughs> um <clears throat> so that that gets rid of the 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 challenge of just making it easy in terms of smell. Um, we, we've never really had a problem with that and one of the reasons is that we empty our compost every day uh, I know that some people have a, a container with a lid on and, and uh, that that deals to that problem um, pretty effectively but we found that uh, nothing more than a 2 litre container is, is a good size to collect compost in inside the kitchen and that just means that it gets taken out pretty much every day and that really stops any, any um, uh, smell problem The other problem that uh, people often complain about or or are are worried about are rodents and uh, little animals getting into the the compost bin outside and there are a few ways of reducing the risk of getting unwanted visitors. I'll talk about that in terms of uh, how to compost I've already mentioned the what we use inside our kitchen is a is a two litre container. We in fact, we use a couple of containers because we've got a family, uh, we've got a few people in the house. So we find that two uh, containers are best and that way you can cycle them, uh, one's always on the go. Another great option for keeping the smell down is to use bakashi. Now, bakashi is a mixture, it's actually J- uh, Japanese in origin, and it's a mixture of a whole bunch of stuff, but most importantly, it's got some microorganisms in there. And the purpose of them is to help the uh, decomposition process, and they are very effective at keeping down the smell. So much so, they're very commonly used in offices where you can have food scraps sitting around for a, a few days, even a couple of weeks, um, before someone takes it, takes it home. And Bokashi has been effective in every office that I've worked in at uh, keeping that smell down and making it quite socially acceptable to have food scraps sitting around inside the office. So that's inside the home. Uh, very, very simple. A couple of uh, uh, ice cream containers or, or using Bokashi. Now, outside, there's a few bits of uh, bits of kit that are recommended. The first one is a big... Usually black, but it doesn't have to be black. But a, a big black, a big plastic bin to put the food scraps directly in from the kitchen. This does a, a few things, and this is one of the the key components to keeping down any rodent uh, problem. What goes into the bin? Well, you want to put in layers of food scraps with a bit of kitchen, a bit of um, garden waste in there, and mix it up with some uh leaves from around the garden or or even some a few um grass clippings or some uh pruning of some some um, plants just uh just thin layers of each of those materials will really help the decomposition process and get a good mix going inside that bin and uh what that what that also, by putting that other material in there, it also helps to aerate that mix. If your compost is just food scraps, then it's probably going to end up being a little bit too wet and soggy and heavy. And that doesn't allow enough oxygen to get into the mix. And, and then you start getting into that uh, anaerobic decomposition, which you want to try and avoid. So if you mix in a few twigs and lawn clippings and other bits of um more more woody material. It just keeps um, a bit of air movement through there, allows the worms to get in and do their thing as well. And that will help speed up that initial um, maturation process to get the, the, the process of composting started. And as soon as you start getting that uh, material turning into soil, then you drastically reduce the likelihood that you're going to get uh, rodents or, or even flies and those sorts of um, unwanted um things inside the compost bin so um that and also having a black a plastic bin with a lid on will help keep the smell down outside as well and help other things help prevent other things from getting inside so that's the first stage taking things from the, the the ice cream container inside out into a bin outside our stuff. We we usually have two bins on the go, so we we fill up a bin. Probably takes about a year for us to fill up one of those bins, and then we'll stick the lid on and leave leave it there for a little while. And once um once it's sat there for a, a few months, we might then transfer that material onto the compost heap, which is the final stage, and that's again just layered with more uh, material from around the garden so more lawn clippings or um, prunings that we might be stockpiling elsewhere layer them all up again and and by that stage the compost should be nice and black and um, it should have started decomposing and it can just sit then on the, the the heap and within probably six months it'll be ready for use either in the veggie garden or just sprinkle it around under the trees so look very very simple there's heaps of resources available on the web for how to compost but I think uh, it's a pretty low low barrier to entry there um, if you haven't had had a try then I'd strongly recommend giving it a go because the reasons for composting far outweigh uh, the reasons for not doing it really when you step back and look at the way we we throw out um, quite valuable resources and and create a uh, a toxic soup uh, in the process it really doesn't make any sense at all so get it get uh get stuck into it give it a go and um give us uh, send us your comments and, and thoughts and uh any questions as well hey look thanks for for listening i've gone on for long enough uh for this time round um if you do have any comments please get in touch at comments at homestylegreen.com you can also check out the website homestylegreen.com and we also now have a pinterest page thanks to my wife Uh, and we're also on facebook as well so um, check us out in all those places thank you very much i am matthew cutler welsh and this is homestyle green tune in again next time